I can't believe it. It's Friday night. So excited because Audrey, the Create Festival is just like a, it's like a week and a half or less away. I, it, time has flown. Summer is almost here. To me, the official kickoff of summer is the Create Festival. That's all I'm saying. I love it. It's yeah. so exciting. And we have, we, we have on the phone. A little friend of ours. Let me introduce you to my little friend. Hey, I'm not little. <laughs> You're big and strong and you scare me. We have That's Kim right. we have Kim Chesney here who runs the Great Festival for us. Thanks for calling in, Kim. We appreciate it. On this yeah, Friday this night. Great. Taking the time out of your busy evening. That's right. Always us. a pleasure. Anything yes. for you guys. So Kim, the Create Festival, what is on tap this year? First off, tell our listeners about the Create Festival. Give them the quick nuts and bolts of it and let's jump into some of the key things that people need to participate in this year. Yeah, sure. I mean, the Create Festival, we do it every year. It's this amazing two-day festival this year, part of the Dollar Bank Three Rivers Arts Festival. Um, we, we bring all these people together for the celebration of innovation and creativity and technology and all the kind of fun stuff that you can imagine at this intersection between creativity and business. Um, this year, we have a, we have four parts to it this year. It's, like, super special. Multi-pronged. Um, starting out with, um, yeah, super special. <laughs> the, the Creative Industry Summit is on Wednesday, June 6th. That's, um, it's kind of like a pre-party for it's the kickoff, right? Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, we're bringing in people from all around the United States and from the European Union to be part of this International Creativity Summit talking about, you know, how creativity is changing our culture and our cities and our towns and our future and all the different roles that creativity actually has in, you know, in the, the lives we lead every day. Um, so our uh, illustrious co-host here, Audrey, is going to be moderating one of those panels. Are you moderating the panel, Audrey? She's, Creatively. Audrey's flexing her muscles right now. I should see her. Creatively. She's pumped up, yeah. No, I mean, right. this is this is really important work. This I is know. work that's near and dear to me well, over the many years. I mean, Audrey, you brought this to the well, council 10 years ago. Well, Kim and I. Well, I'm saying you gave the spark and then gave spark Use to Kim. Spark Kim, the Kim then set the fire. Well, I think the important thing that, that Kim is talking about yeah. here, which is so fascinating, is really about the lives we lead mm-hmm. and the cities we build ah. and what that means right, in right, the right. new world of work. And that's the piece that I yep. find really interesting, Definitely. and that's a common thread in many, in much of the work in terms of create. So keep going, Kim, because there's lots of stuff yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was a really nice little summary of it. That really that really does hit the heart of what we're you know what we're focusing on right. in this event. Your panel um, focusing on the future of technology and entertainment is going to be really interesting because we can kind of talk about what those um you know what those future intersection looks like and where it's going right so mm-hmm. you're, we're gonna have marianne lombardi on your panel who is the director of the creative economy for uh, the whole united states um coming out of washington dc so i'm really interested in to hear her perspectives and we're also going to have some virtual reality uh, experts and designers and carl kurlander will be there um we have a fellow from called uh, peter rudge who's coming in from the uk who's done all kind of international work in this so that's going to be a really interesting conversation. Um, we're also having a conversation with, um, locally, we've got um, Jesse Shell at, uh, from Shell Games and Imea Quiva from uh, your mom's house coming in to talk about the Imagination Age with me. With you. I will be moderating this. You're moderating this one, Kim. Awesome. <laughs> that's exciting. That's Very great. Cool. 
Yeah, so so this will be a really this will be a really interesting conversation. We've got two other folks from Americans for the Arts coming as well for this panel, talking about this shift right from the information age to the imagination age, where creativity is so becoming cool. a dominant force. Right. Yeah. So um, you know, learning from people like Jesse. I mean, he's really an example of someone who's really at the forefront there about right. embracing both technology and creativity to create all this change and. He's he was one of the over into the entertainment sphere as well. He's one of the pioneers in Pittsburgh doing that. I mean, Total he, he pioneers was, in all levels beyond Pittsburgh. He was know? doing it before it was cool, if you know what I mean. And so, yeah, That's right. So, so Kim, tell us about the awards portion of this. The awards, yeah. Look, you're skipping ahead. Man. Okay, I don't. No, I, I, I won't skip. I'm sorry. I get excited. Skipping so far ahead. I know. We've I know. got so much between the summit and the awards. Okay. We can't forget about Idea Fest, of right? Of course, of course. Yeah, Idea Fest is. Um, well, before we get to that, yeah. I, I do want to say one thing about the panel. I don't want to forget okay. Jim Genova right. is moderating a panel um, about creative placemaking that's going to be really important. And ah. It's a conversation about um, urban and rural placemaking and, and ah. how important creativity is, right? That's cool. So that's Really important. Again, it's about cities and towns Kim, there's like, and, yeah. and not leaving people behind. There's so exactly. Much, there's so much going on. What's the best website for people to check this out? That people go to uh, createpgh.org is mm-hmm. the main site, or you can just go to createfestival.org right. and it has all this information up there for you. Exactly, because there's so much, and you can pick and choose the things you want to go to as well, too, which I think is kind of fun. yeah, yeah. Make it's a all day free of and open to the public except for the award ceremony. Right. The award ceremony in the evening is um, we have a party and a big, uh, big fun. You know, mixer, and then we're, we're honoring our creators of the year, and oh, oh, I think like a hundred awardee uh, finalists this year. We have so many cool projects that people are honoring, and so we have it's just a big fun party, and we have our yeah. creators of the year, and we have our co-creators graduating after their whole year as, as a cohort. So the, that's going to be a lot of fun. Kim, I don't know how you're keeping track of all this because there's too much. I know it's a lot. It really is. My but, brain every year this time, like it tests the limits of my brain. It does. <laughs> it, your, your limits are being tested. But what I love is by testing your brain, we're bringing people from around the world here to Pittsburgh to talk about these things. So we're mixing the local with the international. I mean, it's a yep. big deal. I just think it's it so is. so much fun. Yeah. So well, much fun. And Kim, your leadership, you've now you're now on a board that actually has is putting us on the map as well. Can you talk about that? Yes. Yeah, um, I was I was elected this January to the private sector advisory board for Americans for the Arts. So that was really really exciting and a huge validation, Audrey, of the work we've been doing here. And um, people have so much respect for the way we've implemented this into the communities and engaged the communities in this process. Um, it's really exciting now here in Pittsburgh. We're able to work with these different cities around uh, the nation to, you know, implement policies and, and escalate and elevate the, the whole process of creativity and the importance and value of it when it comes to business and change and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's really been I guess if, great yeah. people. If Andrew Carnegie yeah. was around and if there really was an afterlife, he would be saying, good work, Kim. Yeah, <laughs> right. So. That'd be awesome. Right? Very much That's so. the That's intersection cool. of science and creativity yeah. and Every, that was yeah. sort of his legacy very much so. it was it's true right mm-hmm. and it's just sort of like a modern day take on it so yeah. it's the official it kickoff really, yeah, of summer it really is the kind of fulfillment of yep. that whole legacy and and you know pivot into the new era so we should be really proud of the work that you know it's we've great. done here and how well we are received around the nation for it without a doubt so, so this is all happening starting so with, the website is yeah. Create pgh.org. Create 
or createpgh.org, right? Either yeah, one. Either one. They'll, either they'll one both get that's you there. That's great. We'll take you there <laughs> and learn more about because literally I call this the official kickoff to summer here in Pittsburgh. Hang out with the coolest, the brightest in Pittsburgh. Kim, thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you, Kim. We have Thanks more. so much, guys. Yeah. See you in June. Absolutely. We've got a great show in front of us tonight, Audrey. We have Dr. Aurora Shard coming here from the Green Building Alliance. Very excited about that. And return guests. We have not seen Greg Petro in quite a few years. Giving us an update on First Insight. Cool technology for retailers. They've Very been cool working yeah, away he's... for a while. It would be great to catch up with him. Absolutely. And uh, we also have Joe Smith from Dollar Bank stopping by today to talk a little bit more about the Create Festival and talking about the uh, the Arts Festival and everything happening here coming up in June. So right. summer's here, man. It's, 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 it's official. I can't believe it. So I can't wait to go watch your panel, Audrey. It's all great. It's going to be the, a good The session. amount of energy and the recognition that we've gotten is pretty amazing. Fantastic stuff. I, I still remember the conversation in the hallway about 10 years ago about trying to explore these things. And here it is 10 years later, and we're bringing people from around the, the world. I know. And Kim sits on that board. And Kim sits on that board. Great, great stuff. Anyhow, keep your dial tuned right here to Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Vusa. We are from the Pittsburgh Technology Council for 35 years, helping technology companies succeed. Learn more about us by going to pghtech.org. Welcome back, everybody. So glad you are joining us here for Tech Vibe Radio. You know, Audrey, we just got done talking to Kim Chesney, who puts together the Create Festival for us. And now we have Joe Smith here from Dollar Bank that actually, he's been, he's been since day one, he has been behind us with this event. We could not do it without Joe Smith and Dollar Bank. It's just as simple as that. Thank you, Joe, for being here. Joe yeah. is... He is the EVP of marketing over at Dollar Bank. Absolutely. And he has been a good friend. (laughs) I don't have that E yet. I'm just an SVP. Just an SVP. Oh, my goodness. It's terrible. I would appreciate it. I got you promoted. (laughs) I'm trying. All right. I'm trying. Um, But he has been a deep partner with us at the Tech Council and with Create through the iterations of of a decade. For sure. And um, it's really no surprise when you sort of peel it back a little bit in terms of understanding joe smith and his commitment to the the arts and uh it's it's been a long time and you have a leadership role you know i'm very lucky to work for dollar bank you know we're a mutual institution and we really focus on giving back and um when we had the opportunity to help work with the cultural trust to reinvent and restate if you will the um arts festival uh, that was only shortly before uh, we started working with the Tech Council on Create. Exactly. So it was a logical marriage, and we, we finally made it happen. Right. You brought those together. Ago. Yeah, exactly. but you have a vision and a commitment. Don't don't minimize it. You have a vision well, and a commitment to understanding the import, understanding and applying the importance of art and innovation into the fabric of the city. Well, I believe very strongly, uh, and and I have great support from. You know my uh, dollar bank, my institution I work for, because because quality of life ties very quickly to the arts, and and you know the type of issues that are going on in the city in our region right now with the strong economy. I mean, and and a lot of new construction, mm-hmm. a lot of people moving into the city. Right. I think that has created a real opportunity for art and entertainment, culture in general, to really mm-hmm. explode. And I was at the uh, Greater Pittsburgh Arts Council uh, annual meeting they're convening this morning. 
And it was just wonderful to see. They had over 200 uh, people from the arts that are running all these arts programs. And it's wonderful to have the foundations we have, to have the types of corporations that are part of the Tech Council, and also to have, you know, many, many organizations, uh, you know, to support the arts. I always believe it's about inclusion. So when you talk about events such as yours and such as the, the Dollar Bank Three Rivers Arts Festival, it doesn't work. Unless a lot of organizations, whether it's foundations, whether it's volunteers, whether it's companies, get behind it. Because the more, the better. Because it is about celebrating, you know, mm-hmm. our region, our arts. And, and just think about the economic impact it has um, to the region. You know, that's the wonderful thing about the cultural district. They have such power and our theaters and the boom in restaurants. I mean, it's it's a fun place to live right now. And I think our... Arts and culture are a big part of that. And mm-hmm. technology, right. you know, when you talk about the digital age and where we're going with the explosion of exactly. graphics and sound and, you know, what it can do in performances. Right. But, and to highlight that, it's just so exciting. And last yeah. year we were so excited because we brought it to the August Wilson Center, which will be there as well this year. That really brought it right at ground level to folks that were coming through downtown. So we were getting people coming in. for lack of And, a, and it bookends know, the cultural. I mean, it yeah, bookends the arts festival. It gives... It gives that end of the city a, a big yeah. event for your four days, three days. It, it turned it up a couple notches, I yeah. think. And so that's why Audrey and I are just so excited for the event again this year, happening, of course, in June, June 6th and 7th. Yeah, I think the thing that's just is so fascinating. I mean, Joe, you talk about quality of life, right? And, you know, you're an arts lover, you're an arts contributor, and you're also a guy that comes out of marketing. So you have, like, this visceral sense of the importance of art. Aligning it with innovation and understanding that it really is part of the underbelly of tech and innovation is the piece that has really gotten me excited. And, you know, while I love the theater and I love music and I love all those things, it's the importance of innovation and creativity that takes us to the next iteration of business growth. And it is the creativity. I mean, if you go to Richard Florida and the creative generation. Right. But when you think about having the universities we have and having the strong um, both engineering and technology and performance um, that, that is offered in this community, it really helps to promote cre- creativity. And they did a study. I forget what the study, but, but Dr. Florida was involved in it. Okay. But it had over 230,000 people living and working in this region were in some way involved with a creative job. Oh, right. We did some work yeah. on that, and, too. And right? that, that Isn't is, that incredible? It is incredible. When you think about, like, in the old, you know, we still, at the federal level, exactly. use these same codes for jobs. But those next codes, as they call it, NAIC, those codes don't reflect the new world. No, they don't. Not at all. They they're a you few know. decades off yeah, at They're this really point. a few yeah. decades off. So we're trying to, like, get inside what it, what is what is work. And I have three people right now that work for me, that are pure analysts. It's all numbers, but it is the creative application of, you know, tracking um, Google keywords right. and, and you tag them and you use your, I mean, it's right. it's the it's the issue of uh, mapping out, you know, whether it's AI, artificial intelligence or whatever, but you're always trying to map out how to meet a customer need right. or how to predict a customer need. And, and, and that's here now. I mean, and the application of that whether it be an ad that attracts people to it or whether it be how you design the product to fulfill it, it, it requires creativity. It really does. And, you know, the other thing is that what's really helped Pittsburgh is that we've had, we have for the small size city that we still are, 
And despite all the transformation and despite the fact that the age of, you know, the average person is reduced and we're having more young people here, more highly educated, the fabric of what we sit on in terms of our assets, in terms of arts and performance and alternative music, is actually what helps anchor people here. Yeah, we're very fortunate. We're still the third most heavily endowed city in America. And that, that pays dividends every day. It really does, but it's also something that you still you can't take for granted, no. and you still have to feed. And that's back to the point of your leadership and Dollar Bank's leadership in the community. But, yes, I, I, mean, I, I, I think. But, you know, it, 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 it comes through the people you work with. It comes through the people that you meet and know, whether, right. whether it's you. you. And, and I, I just think it is that um, combination of a corporate culture and a corporate strategy combined with the opportunities um, when you're focused on helping provide, you know, good services, financial services for us, but also the fabric you need to have. uh, I mean, when you look at communities like East Liberty that have just exploded back into just this unbelievable community, you see Lawrenceville going through the change. You see, you know, Garfield is, I mean, and Bloomfield. I mean, it's just the, that's what happens. Now, we also are very concerned institutionally about um, having adequate housing for the right. low to moderate That's the next big challenge. Group. You really need, sure. you need to have, yeah. you know, I mean, one of the issues we all talk about is diversity, and that's another area that yeah. mm-hmm. creativity and your Create Festival yeah. and the right. arts so really s- challenge. You just said create, the create Festival. we got about a minute left. So tell us just a quickly about, the, obviously, the Arts Festival, the Dollar Bank Arts mm-hmm. Festival, Three Rivers Art Festival coming up. So that's that's basically we kind of kick off the whole week mm-hmm. of the arts festival. Yeah, we kick off that Thursday night with the juried show that, that is in the educational center on Liberty Avenue. Right. And then Friday, the uh, arts festival starts in a big way. We have the symphony on Sunday night, which is always a great it's night, you know, great. to right. have the symphony. And, you know, we have, we have somebody on stage for 10 straight days. We it's rotate the artists out on. twice. So the Absolutely. artists change in the middle of it. So there's lots of, if you want to come down and see all the artists and walk through Gateway and walk there's through always State something Park, there's see. always something going Absolutely. on. And one thing I think the Cultural Trust has done this really uh, real positive is the emerging artists. Yeah. They have a number of emerging artists. It's an opportunity for everybody to get involved. Very cool. We're all out of time. Joe Smith, Thank you, Dollar Joe Bank. Smith. <laughs> and just remind everybody, if you just go to, of course, you could create pgh.org. Uh, learn all about the create festival and all the events that are happening thank you so much joe you guys are the best we could not do it without you thank you very much simple as that hey we're taking a quick break this is jonathan kirsting and this is audrey russo learn more about us at pghtech.org nothing finer than hanging out with tech vibe radio on a friday night audrey come on oh yeah this is going to be a great one i'm telling you this is going to be a great one so if you're listening as you're listening right now do not move yes do not move because we have dr aurora sherrard in the house Green Building Alliance, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you here. We're talking about some really important stuff. Yeah, and just just yeah. really quickly, let everyone know what Green Building Alliance is, so yeah. then we can dive into some questions. So Green Building Alliance is your regional green building and sustainable community organization. We work to help every place be sustainable so every person can thrive. We've been around for 25 years. Uh, 25 years? Yep, serving How long Pittsburgh have you been and there? Western PA. Uh, I've been at GBA for almost 11 years. Fantastic. Yeah. What were you doing That's before great. that? Yeah. What was I doing before that? Yeah. I was a grad student at Carnegie Mellon in civil and environmental engineering right. and a geotechnical engineer in New Orleans. Uh-huh. So we're thrilled to have you. Yeah. It's good that this region has you. So I let's let's dive in a little bit. So 
one of the things is people may be surprised that Pittsburgh sees itself as one of America's emerging green or sustainable centers of the country, which sometimes can be a little incongruent in terms of lots of different news sources. What makes us a region with a reputation like that? I mean, here in the Pittsburgh region, I think our legacy goes back a long time. We were one of the the first regions to actually put in clean air protections, you know, even before there was a federal clean air law. You know, we had industry. Was that Caligari? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Okay. Mayor <laughs> um, Car- okay. I've only lived in Pittsburgh for 15 years, so your, like, deep Pittsburgh history is a lot. No, uh, mine's yeah. two years longer than yours. So. <laughs> well, ask Jonathan. What do you think, Jonathan? I go back, and I do believe Caligari was part of something with Okay. That. There you go. It <laughs> might have been Done. prior to him. I, I think this is a, lo- I cannot yeah, confirm it might a long be a time ago. But okay. I, I, I do know in the 1940s, when the first Renaissance came, part of it was air quality. Yes. Was the first thing yes, and the Allegheny saw, Conference so. was a big part of yes. that back okay. in the day, um, both cleaning up Pittsburgh's air, water, our land, you know, we still have legacy brownfields today. Right. We were at the crux as yeah. a place. We, we were right. the, the, the first city yeah. to really tackle that head on and, yeah. and successfully did so. And mm-hmm. now we're doing it again. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And we do it all the time. We're constantly reinventing ourselves, you know, literally inventing things here mm-hmm. in the region um, across all sorts of sectors. And that's what the story that we're trying to tell with the Pittsburgh Green Story. And so how do we rank among other cities when it comes to sustainability? That's a really loaded question. (laughs) We want it answered now. (laughs) Yeah, and it depends on who's ranking us and what they're considering and how they're weighting those things. Okay. So, you know, I'm a numbers person. Good. You're calling me Dr. Sherrard sometimes. That's right. So I have a PhD in life cycle assessment, so I'm all about the numbers, but those numbers are all about context. Uh Um, So depending on where we rank, you know, we're on plenty of lists, most livable city, top, like, you know, place to visit and things like that. Um, But, you know, if you rank us in Greece, buildings in 2005, for instance, we ranked top in the nation. Most green buildings, most square footage. Wow. Today, we're only in the top 30 as a metro region. So people caught up yeah. and surpassed yeah. us. So we were out there early, but we just wow. don't have the level of construction that other places have. Exactly. If you look in terms of air quality, yeah. we're like at the bottom nationally and uh, in terms of urban areas, but we have a long way to go and we've come a long way and we're making progress there. So I think it just depends on what you're looking at and why. Especially cool. when you say context. It's just so important yes. around that. So. so when you travel around the country, which I imagine you do in your work, and you talk to people from all other cities, what can you say like you're most proud of in terms of our accomplishments in the space of sustainability? I mean, there are so many things. I'm not sure I can, can pick you give just us, like, one. Can, can you give us <laughs> five? Give us a few, yeah. Give us five, okay. Give us five. Um, we'll take an assortment. And I, I don't know if I would say most proud of versus, like, things that are hot right now okay. that, you know, maybe that we're, we're thinking Throw about. Throw them out there and we'll just start riffing off of them. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll start with something that's, like, near and dear to my heart, which is Green Building Alliance and, and what we do. We have the Pittsburgh 2030 District. It's this literal right. imaginary district mm-hmm. where we drew a boundary around downtown, uptown, Oakland. We have 506 buildings totaling 81.7 million square feet. Wow. Committed to 50% reductions in energy use, water use, and transportation emissions. That's wow. what I'm talking about. Yeah, by 2030. So that's a, a big project. We're the largest of 19 2030 districts in North America. Um, that so. is quite the undertaking. It, it's but a great that's project. That's a yeah. great objective. Yes, it's great. And we have over 100 property partners as part of that, plus 42 community and resource partners. That's a, a Pittsburgh effort. And that really thrives on what Pittsburghers do best, which is collaborate right. and really make progress towards the goal that they have in mind. 
So 2030, we want to report back on where this is. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we, <laughs> we report annually for the 2030 Absolutely. district and aggregate. We just did that a few weeks ago. That's great. Um, just so people know where we are and how we stack up. So are we making the progress that we are making progress? Awesome. Yeah, Very both cool. on energy, water. We actually were the first district to adopt an indoor air quality um, protocol, mm-hmm. which we released uh, about a month ago. Um, just really tracking what people are doing in the region there, and okay. so you know we spend about 90% of our time indoors right. um, with our outdoor air quality being challenge what are we doing with that and how are we actually handling all of that i worry about that i worry about these buildings that don't have windows that you can open well, so that's actually, for indoor air quality, that's a double-edged sword. Is you it better be... to keep the air and yeah. clean it and filter it as opposed <laughs> it to have more dirty air come in? It depends. <laughs> I like a breeze, though. I like a breeze. It depends is the answer. So I'll, I'll call out the tower at PNC is yeah. actually a really great example of a building that has a dynamic facade. So when the air quality is good and the temperature is right. good and the humidity is good, they can open up the right. facade. I've been there. Let the natural air come in. That actually saves them energy. Right. It makes people more comfortable. That's great. But when they actually use sensors to tell when it's not a good temperature, temperature, when air quality is bad, when it's going to rain, all those things, they can close it up, button it up tight, filter the air, and... Does it ever open up then? Oh, yeah, it (laughs) certainly opens up. Wow, that's what I wanted to hear. Yeah, it's actually doing great when you're in downtown. You can actually see, they call them the poppers and floppers open up. Right, the poppers and and floppers. Yeah, I've been in there. It's really neat. Have you walked into the facade? It's a double facade. You can open up a door and walk in. It's really cool. Um, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah. So, what, you know, one of the things that we've talked about is you know there's so many dimensions to this we could have you on for a long time but can you provide a few examples that make us rank really great yeah so uh, the pittsburgh 2030 district is one where where we certainly rank i would say what the city of pittsburgh is doing right now with its pittsburgh climate action plan nobody really ranks Climate action plans right. per se right. beyond the climate disclosure project and right. ACEEE, but um, this is actually uh, under consideration for city council right now. Um, the city is considering adopting a 100% renewable energy supply um, by 2035, a 50% reduction in energy use, water use, uh, 100% fossil fuel free fleet, uh, zero waste, so 100% diversion by wow. landfill. Um, and a fossil fuel divestment strategy for the city of Pittsburgh retirement funds wow. um, by the year 2030. Ooh, so that really exciting. puts us in a class with a whole bunch of international say, cities right. uh, in, a, in a way that, you know, is really citywide, but also, you know, starts to bleed out into the region and right. trying to move all of the greater Pittsburgh. It's creating really interesting business opportunities for people to help meet those goals. Exactly. Like, you know, I think of like Optimist Technologies where they convert to bio. I mean, if they're going to do a whole, all their fleet's going to be, you know, on renewables. Like, exactly. There's some small businesses here that could really stand to make some good money here. So there are small businesses like Hypersense, which is doing technologies Mm -hmm. and controls um, for heating and cooling where they're using uh, things like that. You've also got... you know, folks like Windstacks, which has wind turbines, yeah. and they're doing the microgrids. Yeah. You, have, you have solar really t- starting to take off in the region. And it goes all the way through to companies like Pitt, Ohio, which mm-hmm. is, right. uh, they have a, an on-site microgrid. They have Windstacks turbines. Know. They have solar. They have five geothermal. Uh, they got all, the whole thing. Yeah, I know. everything for a trucking company. And they're looking at making their, their trucking fleet more efficient. And they have LEED certified uh, buildings. So it's really, you know, that's what's Pit- what Pittsburgh Green Story is all about, is where these things are happening in sometimes unlikely places and just shining a light on those that's so places. cool we need to have you on more often to keep <laughs> updates on this stuff because there's so there's much good work lot. happening well here. we're yeah. constantly updating pittsburghgreenstory.org we have a twitter feed actually the goal of the project is to reach out to national journalists and right. start to put those stories in the hands of right. people who are writing all these other great stories
stories about Pittsburgh and saying, look, environment is a really big part of this um, on the business side, on the water side, on the tr- mobility side, even on the food and the fashion. Right. Uh, there, there are lots of great right. stories and great people. Uh, and so working. when Al Gore came. Yeah. I think that made a difference in terms of us being on the map after he was here. Um, I, I think it made a real difference yeah. um, for Pittsburghers. I think there were 1,600 people in that right. room for three days with Al Gore, right. which was amazing. I was there. Uh, a lot of GBA staff were there. Right. Uh, I saw heads of public institutions and, and other things. Uh, really learning from people around the globe about how to talk about climate change right. with different audiences and really get people to start to understand what that means for our planet because and we give it have context. one planet, and right? And give it context. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. So, yeah. I love good. it. We've got time for a few more questions. We do. So let's talk about air a little bit. Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I was hoping you'd go there because I wanted to talk about air. Well, I'm I'm going to talk about air because I think one of the things that we talked about before we started the show was this whole notion of contextuality. Mm -hmm. And uh, and very often today we're just existing in a world of snippets of information. So sort of give your perspective on, you know, air quality. The, some of the sensors, some you know, some of the things that uh, peel it back a little bit so that people can really understand mm-hmm. how we are today. What are some of our obstacles? What are what are some of the good things? In two minutes or less. <laughs> in two minutes or less, perfect. <laughs> it's like the uh, test before you so leave. The Pittsburgh region has come a long way in terms of air quality. We still have a lot of regional challenges, both within the region and being uh, downwind from other things. But we need to own that ourselves. Our actual, uh, we have point sources, industrial sources within the city and the greater region that we really need to, to get out in front of. Um, but we also need to get outside of our, our mobile sources, right? How are we getting to work? What types of vehicles are we using? Are we using alternative transport? Are we getting on our bikes? All those bike lanes um, that we have those are really important for actually making our outdoor air better. And, and so I think all of those things are really important. There's some great tech startups uh, in the regions that are that are starting to glom on this with this, including Smell PGH app mm-hmm. uh, from the Carnegie Mellon Create Lab, uh, just as a way to engage people with public data uh, and actually, you know, try to move the region uh, into to positive places. And we have the same challenges in terms of potable water, uh, our rivers, our brownfields. And so as a region, as we're looking at these things, I think the really important part is other places are also working with these same challenges around the world. So we get calls uh, at GBA and our, our partner organizations in the city of Pittsburgh being part of 100 Resilient Cities. Mm-hmm. They get calls from places around the world on any number of these topics about what are you doing here? What should we be doing? How did you make this happen? Right. Uh, and a lot of people look to Pittsburgh to, to really learn how to make these mm-hmm. things happen. Because it really has been transformational. Yeah, it has. And I think it we should be been. really right. proud of ourselves right. as a region. It doesn't um, mean that we come should a long stop. Way. Yes, exactly. Right. We, right. We've come a long way and we still have a long way to go. Very mm-hmm. much so. So, Pittsburgh Green Story. Yes. So Gotta go there. <laughs> dot com. Check yeah. it out. Because really, you can, this is where you can really see the progress and see what's going on. There's so much. And you can really nerd out on it there and get involved as well, too, which is what really needs to happen. Exactly. So. And if you've got a story that we should be telling, let us know. Yeah. We post press releases for the region. We reach out to media. Right. And I guarantee you're going to be surprised by something you see on that site because mm-hmm. I was. And I thought I, I knew it. a lot of what was going on. And you do. Great. You yeah. are the thought leader <laughs> well, on that here. thank you for your leadership. Yeah, thank you. It's thank really, you for having me on. Yeah. No, it's important was... work, and it matters to the work that we all do. Yes. So thank Absolutely. you. I love Pittsburgh, and we're just trying to get more people to, to love it here and understand what we all do. Absolutely. Yeah. Dr. Aurora Sherrard, Green Building Alliance, thanks for stopping by. Yeah. Hey, we're taking a quick break. We're coming back with more Tech Vibe Radio. I swear, this is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Vuso. From the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us, pghtech.org. I tell you what, Audrey, it's been way too long since we've had it's this so guy cool. stop by yeah. the show. I know. It's this been great. four or five years, maybe. 
Yeah, it's been a little while. Great I know. Petro. I yeah. can't wait to catch up with you. Hey, guys. Nice great, to see you again. Great Petro. This is great. Yeah. So glad you're stopping out. Thank First you. Insight. Mm-hmm. You guys are rocking and rolling these days. You were doing work in this space, I remember, before anyone was really thinking about it. So, so tell everyone what you're up to right now. Yeah, you know, it's been, uh, I was just thinking about that on the way here. Uh, it's been a little over 11 years when we founded the company, right? And um, been working on it for, I think, a couple of years prior to that. So it's been a long time. Big chunk of your life right yeah. there to get this thing up and going. So exactly tell the listeners, right. like, just the basic elevator pitch of what First Insight's all about sure. and the problems that you solve for retailers. Well, you know, we founded the space 11 years ago about the idea of using predictive analytics in mm-hmm. retail and What were you thinking learning. back then? I machine know. learning, Crazy. predictive analytics? I know. But you came out of retail, right? We did. I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we took that and our background about supply chain management and understanding what people, how to forecast products and demand, and um, married the two together and came up with a great idea around the uh, uh, concept of forecasting products with no history and how can we help retailers and brands right. figure it out. Exactly. But uh, what it's led to is we're now, I think, and have been told we're the world's largest listening and understanding platform, right? To really? Out listening and understanding platform. Wait, I've, yeah. yeah, you are. The, I've never heard of that. South Oakland. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. A local, local native, right? Really Shaking local. Shaking it up. Sure. Shaking it up. Trying to transform, revolutionize the retail industry. So what? So so talk about now. Okay. Yep. So talk about who your clients are, if you can say who they are, sure. or you can talk about what problems you really have solved. Yeah. So a lot's changed since. We last spoke, I, I think, know. and we were here. Uh, our company has grown pretty significantly. We actually are proud to be headquartered here in Pittsburgh up in Warrendale. Yes, sir. And um, we have a wholly owned subsidiary in the U.K. and London and one in India and Chennai. Yeah. So we're in 30, we're in 30 countries. Um, 30 countries. 30 That's countries, so amazing. I love hearing that. Really? Yeah. yeah. So global company. Did you company. ever think that you were going to leave South Oakland and go to 30 countries? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I, I think, uh, you know, we've been able to be fortunate enough to build a great team. The technology is fantastic and has continued to expand itself and grow in many ways from an innovative perspective. Um, and I think that, fortunately, the industry really is in a need. So consequently... The market has grown substantially for us. And right now, we're only focused on North America and Europe, uh, just getting our, our feet wet in the Asia-Pacific rim, right? And uh, so we'll see where it goes. I think this is a truly a global problem. And understanding what consumers want is, you know, very valuable. I mean, that's, a, that's what so, makes success or not at the end of the day. And retail's been shaken up. Yeah. So, so severely. Retail, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Like, you've got the Amazon, you've got the Walmarts, everyone's gobbling sure. up brick and mortar. What do you What do you predict? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, um, I've written for Forbes now for, I guess, a little over four, four, maybe five years around the investment side of the industry. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I've I've spoken about quite a bit is the idea that the industry is sort of the Charles Dickens tale, the best of times and worst of times. It depends on what side of the coin that you're right. on. Mm-hmm. But exactly. the reality is the overall industry is good, right? So it's growing year over year and has been for some time. That concept of a retail apocalypse is pretty rare. 
-hmm. As I've said in some presentations recently in New York, you don't walk around and see a bunch of uh, naked people. People are still buying clothing. People are still buying jeans and shirts and, and belts and socks and yeah. shoes. And at the same time. I like the analogy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very, but, very literal but, way of making your point. Yeah, you like but, that. but the reality is that they are shifting their behaviors in many different ways. And some companies are pivoting well enough and others aren't. And some are attacking the problem very aggressively. And consequently, there are clear definition of winners and losers. And you're seeing that. Right. Closing. You're seeing that, right? So, yeah. And we're seeing the kind of aggregation. Mm-hmm. You know, even Walmart going out and buying companies and then putting brick and mortar up. Right. Which is really, like Bonobos. Yeah, Jet and the fact that and they Jet, bought Jet. Right. So to compete from the online business side. But, you know, this is a business that's been cyclical. Before there was Amazon and before there was Walmart, there was Sears. Right, and we're right. seeing and how Kmart, that, right. and Montgomery Ward, right. So oh, you can go I back. Forgot about that company. Oh, right, yeah. Hills Department Store here in Pittsburgh. Oh, really? I never heard of that. Okay, Coffee's wasn't there a Gold Circle? So. A Gold Circle. Yeah, yeah. A Gold Circle. I remember yeah. a Gold Circle. See. So you know, the industry goes through these transformations, but the but the essence is, the companies that have been able to succeed are the ones that evolve with the consumer. Right. Right, and so. Um, I think that's that's the fundamental challenge. The one thing that's very interesting that's changed dramatically is the advent of the mobile device that really has become ubiquitous, the smartphone. So, like, right? I can buy stuff, right? And off they of. can research it. They can find mm-hmm. it. Right. And they can be social about it. So no longer are they looking to experts at trends. It's very analogous to the music industry, very analogous to... The investment where it it went from centralized decision making to very dispersed. Right. Exactly. So yeah, mm-hmm. we're talking to Greg Petro from First Insight up there in Warrendale. Thanks for coming down here to hang out with us tonight. A global company. Yeah. You're in Thank 30 you. different countries, right? We Pretty just, amazing. We and just, that's really amazing. And some of your customers are. Yeah. So some big... of our customers are, you know, um, well, we have the largest bridal, and David's bridal's been our customer for a long time. Dick Sporting Goods, Old Navy in the Gap. Wow. Um, Jeez. Uh, let's see. Most recently, Vineyard Vines, Lily Pulitzer. Gosh. Um, That's a lot. Uh, Route 21. Yeah, you just signed Route 21. I saw the press release on that a few yep. weeks ago. Yep. So you're doing business here and everywhere. Are else. you looking to hire? We are. We're actually, we have been growing, you know, uh, locally. And then nationally and internationally. So our company has grown pretty significantly over the last several years. Uh, We've doubled our engineering here in Pittsburgh and abroad as well. So we're always looking for great folks and talent in and around the sales, account management, and engineering side. Mm -hmm. And um, we're excited because when we thought about setting this up, you know, more than a decade ago, I think... There were a lot of questions about whether Pittsburgh was ready for a yeah. great software company, and boy, time has changed quite dramatically, right? Kind How of many people are working in Pittsburgh now? Uh, you know, that's hard to say right off the top. As I think about it, it's, gosh, it's more than, I want to say, 60 here in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That's a so, chunk of people right there. Yeah, it's pretty significant. That's great. Very so great. what's on the horizon? What are we going to hear from you in a year? What's next? Yeah, so, well, we launched recently... Uh, a solution called Elasticast, 
which was, uh, you know, an, a funny name, kind of yeah. interesting name. but Elasticast. it's Elasticast. Really Say that 10 times fast. Yeah, exactly. Like the Incredibles almost, right? Exactly. But, uh, exactly. It's about forecasting price elasticity without history. So Ooh, that's what man. everyone wants. That's what yeah, they want, so they want to understand where and how consumers are going to respond to products at what price. Uh, but really, I think as the future moves forward, you know, it's marrying the data that we provide foundationally to companies with um, the advent of the continued advent of AI, augmented reality. And so as you can envision, mm. the idea of utilizing IoT devices and phones like your, you know, smartphone, the visual capability of that in an augmented reality and then predictive analytics. And I often said this years Man, ago. So cool. It was great in Hollywood when they made the movie Minority Report. Some good, some bad things about that. But the idea was that you could have information rendered to you in a way that you wanted it. Mm -hmm. Right. And make it actionable and accessible. Right. Yeah. And, and allow the access to that type of information. I think that's our, you know, blue sky. Right. Shoot for the moon. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, it'll be one step, incremental step at a time. Yeah. So this summer, right around the corner, is the mm -hmm. Vintage Grand Prix, <laughs> staple of oh, yeah, Pittsburgh. Let's just jump right I'm into just that. I'm just jumping right into it. It's yeah, one of my true. favorite things about Pittsburgh. Every summer, I got to take a car up and hang out and, yeah. and, and watch great cars go by. And so you're a racer, man. I am. I think that's very exciting. And you told us before we got on air that you have a Turner. Yeah, nice. It's not a mark that you hear about very often. It is. And it's pretty, pretty unique, right? It's a handmade car in the UK. Um, 63 Turner and it'll be it'll be fun it'll be interesting we're inviting our our family our friends all of our employees our customers and the idea and concept that uh, you know it's a great event that mm -hmm. goes to a good cause autism and mm -hmm. uh, um, you know one of the fastest growing disorders in, in our country and I think globally and we're proud to be a part of that and uh, help support it and they're going to come watch you race. So, yeah. I got, I will, so I, you got to look for the first inside exactly. car, first logo. Look for the Turner. Kind of yeah. yeah. So one last question. We've got to wrap it up. And I sure. hate it because I've run out of time too fast. So like, what parallels like the skills of racing and the strategy behind racing a car, an old vintage car, to like growing a business? Yeah. You know, like that's first insight. It's a great question. Joe. Can you rev match? You First know. insight, if you want to. Yeah, you can do the heel toe. <laughs> heel toe no, it. I think, I think the the best analogy or best learning yeah. out of racing, um, when I was uh, getting my instruction and my la uh, racing license, was my instructor said, you have a, have a very wide view, right? And that's often spoken about, but the reality and the challenges are to be able to look around the corner and be able to see your perspective has got to be very, very broad. Yeah. It's difficult to do when you're focused on a goal. Exactly. So Interesting. Wow, that's some good keep stuff. Keep it man. wide and narrow. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you got to look at, you know, find the goal and then focus on it. Maybe. Right. You see one apex here, but so set it up for the other apex around that's the right. other corner. So. Right around the corner. <laughs> very cool. So quick website for, for uh, First Insight. Yeah, www.firstinsightoneword.com. Just that simple. Greg That's Petro simple. from South Oakland, making Pittsburgh proud. Thank you. We're very proud of you. cool stuff, Thank you very man. Much. Anyhow, another Tech Vibe Radio under our belt, Audrey. That's why we love doing the show. We hang out with guys so like, cool. like like Greg Petro over here, man. So every single Friday night, bringing you the best. What's making Pittsburgh tick? That's for sure. This is Jonathan Kirsting. and this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about the Pittsburgh Technology Council by going to pghtech.org. Follow us on Twitter 
at PGH Tech. After all that, have a great weekend.